0: Um, I've just discovered how I can be even more cool than I am. I've just discovered this. I just need to be uh, of African descent and play a bass guitar. (laughs) Isn't that cool? (laughs) (laughs) How how can you dance and play a musical instrument really well? I think it's because you're quite good at it. But um, uh, We're meant to inspire each other, aren't we? We're meant to urge one another on in our, in, our, in our journey with Jesus. So when you see someone having a great time in worship, you know, don't just sit there and go, Bruh, or sort of grumble, grumble, or, or something like that. Just go, um, uh, if he can be cool or she can be cool before the Lord, I can be cooler. Because, uh, because uh, you know, we're, we're meant to urge one another on in Christ, aren't we? Amen? So when you see something good happening then celebrate it with, with them. And when you see someone having a fabulous time in worship, join with them. When you see someone having a, a sad time in, in, in worship, go pray with them. Go bless them. Amen? Because we're here for, Life's tough on your own. Yes. Don't know if you've ever noticed that. But on your own, life is tough. Do you want me to go to the handheld? It's a bit echoey up here. Thank you. I declined uh, the Brittany mic. Um, uh, uh, Jared likes his Britney mic, I don't like the Brittany mic, uh, because I'm a man's man. Uh, I, uh, 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 Jared's a man's man, but I'm a, I'm a man man with a, with a capital M. Um, uh, I'm going to have to be really careful here. Jared, if you, no, can we just edit the podcast? <laughs> There's no way out of that one, is there? Yeah, so my microphone's bigger than Jared's microphone, yes. And it's not pink, yes. Uh, right, where were we? Uh, uh, offering. Offering. We've, we, we've, we've got in front of us an amazing building project. And the, the amazing thing isn't the building project. The amazing thing is when we open it, And we invite everybody in Kingswood and Bransholm to come and celebrate with us. And we will be able to jam in 900 or 1,000 people week after week after week. And we will be able to use that as a campus and as a base for um, building us up, inviting people in, running all sorts of community stuff that none of this area in in Northern Hull has access to a place that we're going to build. And it will be the standout facility for anything secular, uh, anything concert, or anything in the whole of Northern Hull and who's gonna build it God is but actually we're the ones who are gonna pay for the digging of the foundations I'm not bagsy not digging foundations Uh, uh, they have JCB's to do that but we are the ones through our pockets the blessing of the Lord will flow to see this work done in Jesus name amen so we're not we're not raising money to do a project we're raising money to do something of the kingdom of God for the next 10 or 20 years in the northern part of this city and to be spread across this whole region. In Jesus' name, amen? Money follows vision. Amen. Money doesn't follow need. It doesn't follow a good idea. Money follows vision, and, and that's in the book of Walt Disney. Walt Disney, he, he, when he had no money... When he had no money, he knew he had a vision. He knew he had a dream. And, he, and people asked him, why did you keep believing? And he said, uh, so not from a Christian point of view, he just said, I know that money follows vision. Amen? And when you have a vision and a call for the Lord, not to build a building, but to impact a city and a region and a country, then money will follow vision. Amen? And God will channel that primarily, amazingly, oddly, through our pockets, Amen? And so we want to take um, over these next series of months um, uh, uh, offerings as we normally do on a Sunday, just as part of our worship, as part of you know, as what the Bible uh, requires of us to actually sow into the, the service and the works and the, just the mechanics of what's happening. But we also have a, a special thing that we can grasp hold of and lay hold of and say, I want to be part of that investment. Not of a building, but of what's gonna be happening and facilitated through that thing over the next 20 years. So this is the first of our heap offerings for our building. You can also do it online and just give us normally through sort of bank account details and things, all that sort of stuff. But we just wanna take um, the, make the opportunity here for us all to be part of the vision that God has dropped into all of our hearts, which is we are here to bless the city of Hull, the county of East Yorkshire, all of, uh, East, uh, all of Yorkshire's, and um, who, who knows, even maybe as far as London. London probably needs revived, doesn't it? And um, I don't know if they can understand uh, Rob Pritchard's accent, but um, uh, we'll send translators. Uh, <clears throat> but um, Lord, we want to be part of your kingdom. We, wanna, Lord, we want our lives to be part of your vision and your callings, Lord, we just want to be part of that. And Lord, in just in this way, as the, as the buckets go round and as the giving's online and all that sort of stuff, then Lord, we want to, where uh, our heart is, there our treasure is also. And Lord, we just want to declare our heart is in the path that you lay before us. In Jesus' name. And Lord, in the the giving and the the sowing and the sacrificing and all this sort of stuff, then Lord, I pray you bless our pockets in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Rules, don't give out of debt, please. Just, you know, be, be sensible. And if you're going to say, I'm going to take um, a, a big chunk of, say, of, you know, your, uh, your, your um, house value and sort of remortgage it and put it in, talk to a pastor first before doing it. Because um, we want people to be generous because God blesses generosity. But um, uh, with money, we can get our, you know, our head and our, and our hearts in a little fankle. And it's good just to talk to somebody before you take those big steps. Um, but um, if it's selling a shed, go for it. If it's selling your bike, go for it. If you've got two TVs, sell one, go for it. They're, they're, they're all fine. Um, uh, if you want to say, um, no more coffees for a month, and I'm going to take that money, they're all, they're all just sensible, just things, go for it. Uh, but on the big choices, just be wise, uh, but be bold in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's take our offering. <clears throat> now, just on, on wisdom... Um, uh, we're, we're in a series, you've probably not noticed because we've been moving, building, and there's been all sorts of practical things, but we're actually in a series about wisdom. Um, and if, you're at, if you've been going to Google or Driffield, you'll have noticed that there's been some sermons on wisdom. Uh, we haven't really had them on wisdom here just because of the practicalities of what's going on here, but we're going to have a sermon this morning on wisdom. Amen? So um, Solomon, uh, uh, who, who's, who's, who knows about Solomon in the, in the Bible? So, seven. So, uh, right, okay, come on, put your hands up. Yeah, so do we, we all know about S-S-S Solomon. So we've got 17 now, yep. Uh, so Solomon uh, uh, was famous for his wisdom, wasn't he? So a good starting point. And so uh, this is actually Sandra's sermon, because she started it with a really good question when we were discussing this uh, a, a few weeks back. And she said, why did Solomon choose wisdom? And... Uh, why is one of those really, really interesting questions that you, you, know, you should ask of yourself every now and again. Why are you doing this? Or why am, am I doing that? You know, what's going on there rather than it's just habit or, or something like that? So why did Solomon uh, ask for wisdom? And so that's where we're going to start with, really. So 1 Kings 2, uh, we've got three chunks of scripture that we're going to sort of play with uh, uh, Here. Uh, One king's two, and this is the time uh, that uh, was near for David to die, and he gave charge to Solomon his son. I'm going to go. So when David was older, that's when he had Solomon. Um, So he married uh, Bathsheba uh, towards uh, in in the latter stages of his uh, of his reign. Um, uh, uh, Solomon was second son, the second child that they had together. The first one died, Um, and uh, so, so. David was, let's just describe it in black and white terms, he was old, Solomon was young, okay? So when David was near to death, he gave a charge to Solomon, his son. I am about to go the way of all the earth, he said. So be strong, act like a man, and observe what the Lord your God requires. Walk in obedience to him, and keep his decrees and commands, his laws and regulations, as written in the law of Moses. Do this so that you may prosper in all that you do, and wherever you go. Uh, now, this is actually the, the classical um, Jewish blessing that a father would pray over their son, especially like at, you know, Bar Mitzvah time, at the time of them being 13, which is basically, I got it roughly right, uh, roughly in David's term being, being, you know, a good description and probably a good description for all of us. But actually, here's some binding advice for, that's going to keep you in good stead for all of, your, uh, all of your life. So that's sort of David's instruction to Solomon and then you get Solomon uh, in his, uh, in chapter 3, if you just go down a little bit. Uh, where's chapter 3 gone? Um, uh, and we'll just say that in chapter, f- from verse 4, and the king went to Gibeon to offer sacrifices, uh, the most high, important high place, lots of sacrifices gave. Um, and during the night, in a dream, God said to Solomon, ask for whatever you want me to give you. Whatever you want, you can have. And Solomon answered, You have shown great kindness to your servant, my father David, because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart. You have continued this great kindness to him and given him a son to sit on the throne this very day. Now, Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father, but I am only a little child. Now, he's he's not... When you actually read the commentaries and actually say what age was Solomon when he came to the throne, the range of age range goes from 13 to early 20s, with most Christian uh, commentaries about 20. Uh, some of the Jewish commentaries go, go, younger than, uh, go younger than that. So basically, he is a young guy in charge of a massively successful country at this point. And when you actually mark where its borders were on a, on a modern map, it's huge. So it's not, at the moment, modern Israel is this tiny little strip just on the edge of the Mediterranean, hemmed in by by these old traditional um, uh, Arabic countries. But at that time, it was huge. It was the dominant regional force. With possibly the exception of Egypt. So, Egypt and Israel were the two dominant forces at this particular time in that region. So, he was, in, he was a, as a youngster coming into looking after Israel at its peak um, and um, with having had a very, very successful uh, King David. So, he was probably feeling very intimidated by this. So, I'm only a little child, I don't know how to carry out my great duties. Uh, your servant is here among the chosen, a great people, too numerous to count. So give your servant discerning heart to govern the people, or wisdom to govern the people and distinguish between right and wrong. And the Lord was pleased that Solomon asked for this uh, in verse 10. Since you've asked for this and not wealth and blah, 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 I'm going to give you wisdom and I'm going to give you all these other things uh, as well. Okay? So, well done, Solomon. You asked for uh, uh, a sensible thing, a good thing. Now, what did he become famous for? So, what was Solomon f- famous for? The, has, hand at the back there, yes? What, what? Wise, excellent. What else was Solomon famous for? Pardon? Building a temple, what else was he famous for? Angela? Wealth. What? Riches, I heard of riches. What else was he famous for? Pardon? Great judge. Yes. Excellent. Thank you. Wisdom. Wives. wives. Thank you. How many wives? Do, I've got one wife. <laughs> who else has got one wife or one husband? <laughs> we'll include everybody. Yeah. Okay. Right. I saw some couples who didn't put their hands up. <clears throat> <laughs> Ask a few questions. Asking good questions is a good idea. So he had 700 wives and 300 concubines. Uh, was, that, was that wise? <laughs> One partner is enough. <laughs> Two would be just... Uh, ugh, let's not go there. Uh, uh, now, Moses in Deuteronomy 17 said very specifically, don't have too many wives because wives back then were actually a way of making political alliances as well, so you know, don't think of it in the modern day context. Don't have too many wives, don't have too much money, and don't have too many horses or chariots. What did Solomon have lots of? Wives, chariots. He was famous for his chariots. Um, uh, That's what the Egyptians said about him. He had loads and loads of chariots, and he was famous for his money. Um, It's uh, again, commentaries say when the temple was built, Solomon's temple, which was enormous, he built his palace so it, in, it encompassed the temple. So his palace, if you, do your, if you do your maths and your squaring of it, was probably four times as big, minimum, of than the, the temple. He got into his wealth, he got into his uh, uh, wives and concubines, uh, that sounds wrong, and uh, he, then, he also uh, got, he got into his wealth. So what the prob- Bible's not clear about this, but actually what probably happened, all three of those got into a place of pride. What 1 Kings 11.4 says, in Solomon's old age, his wives turned his heart after other gods. So although he had wisdom, actually what the Bible says in this 1 Kings 3 bit, it was wisdom, discernment to govern the country. He didn't have. He didn't ask for wisdom to lead his own life. He said wisdom to govern the country, to be a, a, a good king, and, and there was, you know, lots, lots of that, and lots of demonstrated of that. He became famous for those things. Um, what was David famous for? What was David famous for? Hands up. What? What? Worship. I thought he said washing there for a minute. <laughs> Victories, fabulous in warfare, great, great encounters. What else was David famous for? Paul. A man after God's own heart. That's quite a different list. Quite a different list. He was also famous for having, um, for having someone killed in adultery and adultery um, and messing. Yes. Goliath. I think that's the best one. Well done, you what was david famous for fearless. sorry fearless. Fearless. fearless yes when you look at david's heart a man after god's own heart so some and you can just go you know all over the place psalm 25 from verse, verse 4 this is david show me your ways lord teach me your paths Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are God my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. Remember, Lord, your great mercy and love, and they are from old. Do not remember the sins of my youth and my rebellious ways. According to your love, remember me, for Lord, uh, for you, Lord, are good. That's not a man that's proud of his chariots and proud of his wealth and proud of the... This is a humble man saying, Lord, I'm a sinner before you. Lord, remember me. Remember me. Psalm just uh, twenty-five, verse and twenty-six and twenty-seven is just where we're going to skip. Skip to just verse eight in Psalm twenty-six. Lord, I love the house where you live. I love the place where your glory dwells. What's David famous for? A man after God's own heart. Psalm twenty-seven. This is so Solomon when he was in a place of pressure, which was. I'm now the king, I've got all this responsibility for. What did his prayer reflect? His prayer reflected the pressure. Lord, give me wisdom to govern all this numerous thing. So what did his prayer reflect? It it reflected the need. In Psalm 27, the the Bible commentators aren't clear exactly when this was in terms of David's chronology, in terms of the adventures in his life. But what it clearly is, is a point when he's under pressure. Because it starts, the the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The long hold? The The, the Lord is the stronghold uh, of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me, so this is his pressure. It's my enemies and foes who will stumble. So he's got enemies and foes and pressure coming against it. But even in that place of pressure, pressure, pressure on his life, he says this. Verse 4, one thing. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. His prayer wasn't for the need. His prayer, Lord, was you, 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 you that I need. Verse 8, my heart says of you, Seek his face. The heart that is after God's own heart. That's what he was famous for. What does the heart of David say? Seek his face. Your your face, Lord, I will then seek. Psalm 51. So when David does make a mess of things, uh, um, uh, adultery with Bathsheba, uh, and Nathan the prophet has, uh, has come to him and called him out, um, uh, and he starts, have mercy on me, O Lord, Psalm 51, according to your unfailing foot. For I know my transgression, my sins before before me. Surely I am sinful and all that. He says. You desire this is an interesting verse, yet you desired faithfulness even in the womb, but you taught me wisdom in that secret place. the secret place is where you and I go and we bump into the presence of the Holy Spirit one-to-one so if you need wisdom for your life don't do as Solomon did which says give me wisdom in this situation just go to the spring of never-ending wisdom just go to him in that secret place and he will teach you wisdom But actually, the bit I want to go to, verse 10, you know, famous, and it's in lots of songs and all the rest of it. Create in me a pure heart, O God. This is after he's being a sinner. Well, being called out to being a sinner publicly, which is pretty grim. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. And grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. He had in what was David's heart like. He just loved being with the Holy Spirit. Amen? What was Moses famous for? Kindness. Kindness. He was the most humble man in the Bible written by Moses' own hand. but he was he was you just needed to look at his life his life was about humility he put aside his own wealth. There was a call of being a rescuer and a deliverer um, uh, of Israel, but he was a, you know, if you watch the film, then you see it even better. The Disney versions, I think, is better than the current, the the latest version. But uh, you get that he was a a prince of Egypt. He had a place of great wealth and privilege and all that sort of stuff, um, yet he surrendered it all to serve his people. So yes, he was a man of of great humbleness. i just make the joke that um, he actually, he was the one that wrote wrote it, I'm the humble, Moses was the most humble man in the world. What else was Moses famous for? Pardon? What? Deliver- Delivering, pardon? Oh, yes, he, he got it wrong, didn't he? What happened when the pressure was on him? He, he was angry, he got really angry, and he says, I don't want to lead these people anymore. And then there was something else that really interested happened. So his whole life had been around deliver Israel, get them out of Egypt, and he got them out of Egypt, and he got them so far, and he went up the mountain, got the uh, encounter with God, ten commandments came down, and what had they done? They'd, they'd actually taken all their jewellery and turned it into a golden calf, and they were worshipping idolatry. And he came down, and God said, basically, if I've had enough of this lot. And my promise to you I'm going to to honor, which is you are going to go into the promised land, but I can't cope with walking with this lot anymore, so I'm going to withdraw my presence from you, and an angel will go in my stead and lead you uh, into uh, the promised land. What was Moses' response? So he stood in the intercessor's gap. You know your Bible very well. Then, uh, um, uh, then uh, um, I'm inspired by Africans this morning. <laughs> then, uh, uh, Lord, I want to be an African in Jesus' name. Uh, then, uh, then uh, you know, what, so what, what did he say? So Moses said, if you're not going to send them, then just blot me out. And then uh, God relented on that. And then uh, Moses said, uh, unless you go with us, I'm not moving So Moses got to this point in his life, and the whole purpose of his life had been to see Israel delivered out of Egypt and taken into the Promised Land. And he said, I am willing to sacrifice my whole purpose for being on this planet, because actually what I see my real purpose on being on this planet is to be in your presence. My real purpose, it's not my job to hear. My job is to deliver Israel out of slavery and to carry them through and to lead them through into the promised land that you have promised to um, uh, generations past. But Lord, I will surrender that rather than lose your presence. Why did Solomon choose wisdom? Well, he had David's life as an example, and I think it was probably, this is me thinking and just making it up, so you know this is not what the Bible says. But because David, he, Solomon was young, he hadn't really seen the outworking of the presence of the Lord in David's life. Possibly, I don't know. Because there was such a, a heritage of David, a man after God's own heart, that Solomon failed to grasp. And he saw it as, well, if I do this and I do that and I do the other, then the favor of the Lord will be upon me. But he missed that other one, which is to be a man after God's own heart. And I will surrender everything else rather than surrender the presence of the Lord. Amen? So what is wisdom? David knew it. Moses knew it. Which Moses said, if you're not going, then I'm not going. Really interesting in that section, so that's in, uh, we're just having to skip through this at sort a of fairly quickly, but uh, Mo- Exodus, Moses 33, Exodus 33. In the Swedish Bible, it is called Moses 1, 2, 3, and 4, and 5, uh, but in, in my Bible, it's called dyslexia. Uh, uh, <laughs> Exodus 33 talks about the golden calf, and Exodus 33, uh, verse 1, says, I will, I will take you there, but I will send an angel, not me. And Moses says... If you're not going, I'm not going. And the Lord replied in verse 14, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. And then Moses just reinforces it. Then Moses says, If your presence does not go with us, do not send us from here. And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked. Because I am pleased with you And I know you by name And then Moses said So he's in that secret place He's in that secret place He can ask for anything he liked Solomon was in that secret place He could ask for anything he liked Moses didn't say for a quick path He didn't ask for the M6 to to Cana But Moses said Show me your glory and the Lord said, I will cause all, all my goodness of an infinite God to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim my name in your presence. That's wisdom. We talked about Solomon not being apprenticed, well, possibly. I was joshua apprenticed at the tent of meeting in verse 7 of that same section now moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside of the camp some distance away calling it the tent of meeting and anybody inquiring of the lord would go to the tent of meeting outside of the camp and whenever moses went out to the tent all the people rose and stood at the entrance to their tents watching moses until he entered the tent and as moses went into the tent the pillar of cloud the presence of the lord would come down and stay at the entrance of this tent, while the Lord spoke with Moses face to face. Whenever the people saw the pillar of clouds standing at the entrance of the tent, they all stood and worshipped, each at the entrance to their own tent. Then Moses would speak to, uh, then the Lord would speak to Moses face to face, as one speaks to a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp, but his young aide Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. What a place to get trained, what a place, what a place. Samuel, where did he get trained? The son of Hannah, who couldn't have a child, and then uh, Eli, the prophet said, you, you will have a child, have a child. Uh, she brought that child, um, Samuel, to the temple and said, you're going to be raised in this temple. And then she went on to have other children. So where did, where did Samuel get raised? It's not the temple. Doesn't The Bible doesn't say he was raised in the temple. It says he... Uh, the bit that I'm just going to... There's Mr. Bible Encyclopedia back here. <laughs> just get the right bit. 1 Samuel 2 verse 21 It doesn't say that Samuel was raised in the temple It says but Samuel was raised in the presence of the Lord Matthew 6 verse 33 Seek ye first The kingdom of God and his righteousness So when you find yourself In a pressured place whether it's a good pressure, like Solomon. Solomon, he was at a great point in Israel's history. Great point in Israel's history. Everything was going well, but there was a pressure. How do I keep this succeeding? How do I keep this happening? And he asked for wisdom for the thing. When David was under pressure, what did he say? One thing do I seek. That's the difference, that's the difference. And what's the wisdom that I want to proclaim this morning seek ye first the kingdom of God one thing do I ask one thing do I seek so I don't know what you're going through I know what we're going through as a church I know what I'm going through in my life I know what Sandra and I are going through in our family and what we need is not wisdom for the thing not wisdom for the decision, not wisdom for my work situation. What I need is the presence of the Lord. What I need is the presence of the Lord. And whether it be David, whether it be Joshua, whether it be Moses, let him be your inspiration, not Solomon, may I suggest. You need one wife. Uh, You need one chariot, possibly two. Amen. I'm going to be like Moses that said, Unless you move, Lord, I'm not moving. Unless your presence goes with me, I'm not moving. And when Moses found himself face to face with the Lord, he didn't say, Give me wisdom for the thing. He said, show me your glory. And then just hear this bit, because this is what I've been praying for the last three weeks for this meeting, for this moment. Is that as we're before the Lord and we say, Lord, I want more of you in however you say it, then the Lord says, I will come before you and show you my glory. And in that place, I, I, the Lord Almighty, the King of kings, the Lord of glory, will declare my name over your life, over your circumstances, over your presence. And he knows before you've asked, So if you've got sickness in your life, the Lord Almighty is going to come and stand in front of you and say, I declare my name as healer. If you've got debt in your life, he's gonna come and declare his name over your circumstances and say, I am your provider. He's gonna declare over you, I'm your reconciler. I'm the rebuilder of walls. I am the mender and repairer of the breach. He was going to declare it. He is going to declare it. And we're just going to just sing that song that we sung just, uh, uh, just before I started talking. And we're just going to stand in that secret place. And we're going to just declare, Lord, it's your presence. Do I seek?